Try that again. So today we're going to talk about how to hold to your faith in you and your family's compelling future. And it's super important that we all know that we have a compelling future. Why? Because if we're not operating with a sense of a compelling future, then we're less likely to be successful, right? Like we define success as getting to the place that we're going and enjoying the journey along the way. Those are the two things that help us to be successful. So today we're going to talk about number one, do you have a vision for your compelling future? Number two, how do you balance that sense of compelling future that you have for you as an individual with your compelling future vision for your family, your partner, your children? And number three, what is faith and how do you make it work in your life? And I want to be really clear. When we talk about faith, I'm going to use the broadest definition of faith. The broadest definition being that you know that that vision that you have is going to happen one way or another. And how that happens, that's between you and yourself. You know, what you believe in, what you believe empowers you in your life. All right, so let's start with the beginning. Do you have a compelling future vision for yourself? And do you have a compelling future vision for your family? So let's, what is it personal fulfillment? How do you know that you're being fulfilled personally? I was, uh, I was listening to a pastor today on the radio. I was listening to a pastor today on the radio. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I, was, I do that from time to time. I like to listen to other speakers. And he was talking about how important it is to be happy in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And he was talking about like, don't get hung up on that car that you have. Don't get hung up on the size of your house. Appreciate what you have. Well, that's an aspect of it. An aspect of moving forward and developing a future is having satisfaction with where you are because where you are is the end result of all your striving throughout your life in the past. You've gotten here through all the choices and decisions that you've made and your best and worst choices have gotten you where? Here, all right? So the first part is that, but then there's where is it that you wanna go that's gonna be even more fulfilling? And this is true, by the way, no matter what age you are, it's not like the show is over. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there's always room for more fulfillment. So what is fulfillment? Is it like an amazing sex life? Could be. Is it a high paying job? Could be. Is it uh, a life of service? Could be. It's a matter of what you're personally wired for. Let me say that again. It's a matter of what you are personally wired for. And how do we discover what we're personally wired for? We look at where did we come from? What was our cultural background? Where was our family in our lives? What kind of family background did we have? What's our genetic and emotional makeup? All, what are our natural skills, our natural talents and abilities? Now, that may sound really challenging for some of you, but it could be as simple as this. What are the things that you do that give you the most joy? I'm working with a young lady who I'm really super fond of. Uh, I have three sessions with her, and 
she finally stopped talking about her boyfriend and started talking about herself. And what she realizes, she's really not super happy with where she is in her life. You know, at 30 some odd years old, she's working the same job, very dependent on her moms, and she wants to have a sense of personal fulfillment. And so what we're working on is, what does that look like for her? And we started talking about, well, what are the things you enjoyed in school? And some of the things she enjoyed were being outdoors and exercising. And uh, some of the things she enjoyed is being with other people. She really likes other people. You know, and so she's now on a personal journey of discovering what brings her joy. And she's going to read some books to help her discover more about her innate abilities and talents. There's testing that you can do for that. But it's about finding what you're naturally good at. She figured out in the session that she really likes to write. So she knows it has something to do with writing, whatever it is that she's going to do. And so she's going to start writing more and see where that takes her. She doesn't know if it's writing a book. She doesn't know if it's writing stuff for people's blog posts. She just knows that she really enjoys writing. It's going to be like that for you too. You know, what are the things that bring you, what is it that you really love doing at work? And what is it that you're not so crazy about doing? And I want to be really clear. You know, we want to live lives where we're feeling fulfilled and joyful and doing what we really like to do. One of the things I really like to do is talk to other people about their journey, right? So this is a lot of fun for me right now. There are things that I don't love to do that are associated with this. I'm not so crazy about the downloading, uploading, writing descriptions, connecting to Facebook Live, the technology behind it. Not that much fun for me, but I don't mind doing those little pieces because I love doing this part where I get to talk to you. You know, that's part of what really jacks me. And so, you know, there are always going to be little bits and pieces that we aren't so crazy about, but they're going to enable us to do the things we're really joyful about. So part of being, having a, part of having a, a vision for a fulfilling life, a compelling future has to do with what makes it compelling is that you want it. You want to do it. When you do it, you're excited, Right. That's what we're looking for here. So I'm encouraging you to, you know, it's, it's a good time to take an inventory and see, like, what am I excited about? What am I not so excited about? What are the things that I'm doing that aren't bringing me joy? You know, something I did recently in the last few months is I started dropping out of groups that I was involved in. And these were all groups that I thought they intellectually rang my bell. There were things I believed in, but I was not having fun with these groups. And so it might be that, you're like me, you've gotten yourself involved with some vehicles for things that you believe in that don't really, the vehicles themselves don't excite you. So I'm a big sustainability freak. I'm really big on stewardship and taking care of the planet. And I was involved with a local sustainability advisory board. And it was a really not fun experience for me. And I hung in there because I thought this is something I believe in and I have to fight for the planet. And you know what I realized after doing that for three years was, I'm not going to hang out for this anymore. Um, the people here, they're not so crazy about me. They, and this is really moving too slowly for me. And it's a painful process. And it's taking me away from my family. I'll find other ways to grow stewardship in my life and the people around me. I'll find other ways to stand for it. And so, you know, you develop some standards for what brings you joy. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. And now there's also your partner. Don't forget him or her, right? So it's great for you to be all about your joy. But if your partner is doing something that they're really freaking miserable about, 
you're not going to be so happy either, right? So I'm going to give you the enlightened narcissist take on marriage. The enlightened narcissist take on marriage is, I want to be happy. I'm a narcissist. And I'm married to this person. And when they're miserable, I'm miserable. And so because I want to be happy, I want to make sure that they're happy. That's the enlightened narcissist. I'd love to tell you that we should all think about our partners because we love them so much. But the truth is, on the most basic level, if our partner's unhappy, we are. And we're either going to push them away when they're unhappy or we're going to help them to become happy. And if we're really partners, what are we going to do? What do real partners do? Real partners get in the trenches and help their partner to find that fulfillment. And for them, it's the same process. Have a conversation with your partner about how is the way that you're living today lining up with your values and principles? How is the way that you're living today bringing you joy or not joy? And is it possible, like that goofy guy I saw or heard, Rich Heller, is it possible that you've allowed yourself to chase down some things that look like they were in alignment with your values, but really weren't fun and, and good for you. And I'm telling you, it's like life is too short that we should be suffering. I've been involved with institutions that I thought represented everything I thought was important. And I worked and got involved with them and bounced out of them because I realized, you know what? This really isn't bringing, bringing me personal joy. And if I'm not having personal joy or my partner's having, not having personal joy, the whole gigs up. And so how does that apply to your children? All right. You know, I have six kids. I'm proud to say my sixth child is my South African daughter, who uh, is uh, like in my emotional daughter. And she lives here with us with my beautiful South African granddaughter, who is the like heart of my hearts, the sweetest child adore her so much. And there's some things that my granddaughter really doesn't love doing, but are good for her, right? So th there's gonna be things that we don't love doing that are good for us. Cleaning our room, good for us, not always fun. Some of us really love us, some of us really don't. Making the bed might be one of those chores that you really don't like learning to do, but after a while, it makes you feel good to do it. And so it becomes something that you do on a regular basis. Now, then there's the things that really give her joy. She loves to dance. She loves to sing. She loves to talk. She should be doing this podcast, this video blog, this Facebook Live, because she would talk your ear off. And you'd be totally entertained in the process. And I will support, stand, and encourage her to develop those skills and abilities and make sure they are central in her life because clearly they give her such joy. And the things that give us joy when we're four, five, six are the things that give us joy often when we're 40, 50, 60. There's, there's a thread there. You know, we are that child. We are that person uh, still just changed and um, educated and maybe with a lot of naivete lost, a lot of the naivety lost in our life. All right, so that was one. That's how do you develop a compelling future? And I would encourage you to write out the things that are joyful for you. I would encourage you to develop a compelling future for you that's not necessarily about the biggest house and the most amazing car, but what's underneath that. What does that big house represent? It might represent having enough room for you and the next generation and the next generation. It might represent having enough room 
for you to have a place to paint or a place to exercise or sing or dance like my daughter. It, but remember that objects, the things of the world, they don't really fulfill us. They're great to have, but our fulfillment happens in, comes in how we use those things, what they're for. And so I'm gonna encourage you to think less about material and more about what's behind the desire for the material. All right, so number two is the balance. The balance between me and the rest of them, right? Or you and your partner and your family. How do you maintain that balance? And it is sadly not unusual for couples to lose that balance. Actually, it is normal for couples to lose that balance and start leading what we call here at Rich in Relationship parallel lives or parallel life syndrome. And we all know what parallel life syndrome looks like. It's where you're both doing everything you can to support your family, to work, to grow. You're getting your individual juice fulfilled at whatever your work is, whether it's uh, being the ho that home anchor or whether you're the breadwinner or whether you're both breadwinners and sharing the home tasks or whether you're both breadwinners and paying other people to handle the show to handle the home tasks. <clears throat> um, it's when we each of you are getting your fulfillment separately, completely separately, and you stop focusing on your relationship. I, and it is not unusual to wake up one day and go, who is this person in my bed? You know, or to ask yourself, I don't remember marrying this person. The person I married was, gave me attention. They saw me as being more than I saw myself. They were juicy and alive. And this person, they're just thinking about themselves. If you're in that space, don't panic. All you need to do is start rekindling the flame of your shared future, right? And super important to get it that life is not just about two individual futures, but your shared future. So your shared future as a couple is gonna be the compilation of your values and principles. It's gonna be where you want to be with your children and your children's children. It may be a faith-based based future, though honestly, my wife and I share different perspectives on that. You know, I lead a a, a spiritually faith-based life, and she leads more of an intellectually faith-based life. That's where she comes from. But she and I have the same basic compelling future. We value one another highly, support one another to the hilt. We value our families highly. Family structure super important for both of us. We honor each other's families, quirks and all. Yeah, even though our families may not honor us so well from time to time, even though we may feel dishonored by the members of our family from time to time, we acknowledge that they are important branches of our tree uh, and that we will nurture them and care for them to the best of our ability. And we share a huge base of values and principles that are surrounding love for one another, love and the shared vision. The, I have a vision of her as an accomplished human being that she's been growing into for decades and vice versa. And those, those things, that, that compilation of our individual satisfactions and fulfillments with our relationship satisfaction and fulfillments is what's driving our compelling future, 
right? We have a compelling future. We have a vision for where we want to be. And we are, you know, at a later stage in life than we once were. And so we've accomplished a lot. We're very grateful for where we are. And you may have that. You may want that. If you want that, it's a simple thing. It's not necessarily easy. It doesn't happen rapido. It doesn't happen super fast. It can, but it's rare. It's more like you're going to need to take a look at your foundation and get back in touch with those values and principles, get back in touch with that shared future. Don't just focus on the kids because that's part of what goes to, when we go slip into parallel lives, it's when both individuals are focused on the kids. And my wife and I have done that where we were both focused on the kids and not each other. Don't just focus on the kids, but also focus on your future together. And what are your individual goals? What do they mean in terms of your future together? And also get that. Your individual goals will interfere with your selfish desire in the relationship. I will give you a concrete example of that. Um, my wife has a passion for a sport and she has her own business. And those two things, she's got a compelling future for herself in both of those areas. And those two things are big time suck and energy suck. And there are times where even though I 100% support her in her goals, where I feel shortchanged and vice versa. I've got a big vision for rich in relationship and for the difference that we're making in people's lives, for the families that we are uplifting. And, very, and there are times when that vision and my following through on that and the athletic things I'm interested in cut into her time with me and she's disappointed. So expect to be disappointed and work at being okay with it. Okay, so, and the way to establish that balance, let's talk about that for a second. The first thing we do always in life is we make sure that our own batteries are charged. We take care of ourselves. We take care of our physical state. Are we eating right? Are we sleeping? Are we exercising? We take care of our mental state, our mind, the state of our mind. Is our mind managing us or are we managing it? Our mind is an interface that we've created between our body and who we are, between who we are and the world. And our mind is the interface. And it's a tool. Think of the human mind as a tool. I'm not talking about brains here. I'm talking about the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. There is a tool that we've created for interacting in this world, in this life. And is it, the question is, does, is our mind empowering us or is it disabling us? So we're constantly doing the mind work or mindset work if you're a coach, constantly working on, are these thoughts moving me towards my compelling future or are they taking me away from my compelling future? We're going to talk about that more. And the third thing is spirituality. Are we developing ourselves spiritually? And as I told you, my wife and I have separate vehicles for that. She views spirituality as a grander her connection to life in general. And I have a spiritual connection that's grounded in a belief and an experience of a personal relationship with a higher power. Uh, those are similar, but different, but they both hinge on connection, right? And so we both work on our spiritual condition in different ways through different practices, mindfulness, meditation, prayer, reading spiritual documents, um, talking to other people about it. Do these things help to strengthen that sense of connection to things outside of us? 
and our mind is a vehicle in some ways for those that connection. All right, so you first you got to make sure those things are taken care of. Then number two is your relationship, your marriage, that other person, right? That's why I said, if she's not happy, I'm not happy and vice versa. Got to nurture that thing. Got to feed it. Got to be invested in it. Got to work on physical, like time together, maybe even physical intimacy, mental, you know, are you of one mind? Where are you not of one mind? Why are you not of one mind? Is that a disaster? You know, in those areas where you're both of not one mind, by the way, that's where all the opportunity in the relationship is. That's where the future is. The future is in the difference of mind between the two of you. It's why you got together. You didn't get together to be with someone who was just like you, because that would be boring as crap. And not only that, everything good comes out of difference. So don't be afraid of conflict. Don't be avoiding conflict and don't be diving into it with ferocity, but look for where's the difference and how can something new and juicy come out of that difference, right? That's where the opportunity is. And spirit, you know, where can, how can you exercise your spiritual connection together? You know, so if one of you has a religious background and the other one doesn't, where are the areas of overlap? You know, for us, it's appreciation of creation. We, we have shared love of the planet, of stewardship, of the beauty of the earth, of uh, connection to people, helping people, serving people. We're both very big on that, on uplifting people. You know, this is, that's all about connection. So we have a lot of, we have a more overlap than we have lack of overlap. And where that difference is, again, some juicy stuff happens. All right, so make sure, that, number one, you're taking care of yourself. Number two, you're taking care of the relationship. And guess what's number three? If you have children, they are number three. Why? You may ask, would your children be number three? Because first you charge your battery, then you charge your marital battery. And when you charge your marital battery, there is a synergy that happens there so that you can manage those kids and work and life so much more efficiently when the two of you are, when there's two horses pulling in the same direction, there's a synergy that happens. So knowing what makes you fulfilled, what makes them fulfilled, sharing, taking care of yourself, taking care of your relationship, taking care of your kids and work. These are all things that are gonna help. And then let's go to number three. What was number three, do you remember? It was the F word, F faith. That's the other F word, that faith is the F word today. And faith is a very loaded word. You know, when you, uh, a lot of people hear faith, they go, oh, Hail Mary, Mother of God, or whatever. They've got their religious connotations. But we're talking about faith is the knowledge that you will succeed. You will succeed. And why is that important? Because especially in times like this, the doubts and the fears come at you, gnawing at you, the uncertainty of the world, the stock market going up and down, the pandemic's over, the new variant is out. Oh my God, wear masks, don't wear masks, get shot, don't get a shot, get a booster, don't get a booster, depending on who you talk to. And it really doesn't matter where you stand on these things. What matters is how you handle them. And faith is all about the knowledge that no matter what choices you make, you will get to arrive at your compelling future. The compelling future that you've created for yourself as an individual. The compelling future that you and your partner have created together for yourselves as a partnership. The compelling future that you and your partner have created for yourselves and your children. 
and their compelling future, you will get there. And how do you know that? Where were you 10 years ago and where are you now? How do you know that? Because you and your partner and your children are gonna be pursuing what? The things that naturally fulfill you and bring you joy. And when you're pursuing the things that naturally fulfill you and bring you joy, nothing will stop you. Doors will open for you when you're in that space. People will be shocked in a positive way and revere the emotion that you bring to their space when you are in that joy. Know that as long as you are true to yourself, true to your wife's or husband's vision for themselves, true to your shared vision for your children, true to the joy that comes from doing what you're innately good at, what your skills have been honed for, what your talents are best used for, when you're doing those things, the doors open. The doors open. And if you're not sure, a coach used to say to me, first, ask. Ask your friends, ask your coach, ask your therapist, ask your partner, ask your kids. Speak. Seek to know what fulfills you. Seek what brings you joy. Seek. Knock. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will be answered. Knock and the door will be opened. Have faith and confidence that as long as you're true to yourself, you cannot fail. You may not get that Bugatti that you wanted, but maybe you didn't really want a Bugatti. Maybe what you really wanted was to feel respected, to feel honored. Maybe you don't need a Bugatti to feel respected and honored. Maybe you won't live in a 32-room mansion on your own island. But maybe what you really wanted was to live in your own castle where you feel safe and secure and nurtured. Have faith that as long as you follow your God-given talents, your intuition, your abilities, that you keep trudging that road, you and your partner, that as long as you're walking and living in joy, it's all going to fall into place. So that's it. That was a, this is a long one. Sorry, but I'm excited about this. I am excited about people living their passion. I'm excited about people feeling personally fulfilled in their lives. I am excited about families walking in joy together. I am excited about each individual in the family feeling fulfilled. I'm excited about the family being fulfilled as a unit. I'm excited about the way they can affect everyone around them with that joy. I'm excited about that. And I'm encouraging you to be as well. Hey, as always, if you want to connect, uh, direct message me, or you can schedule a one-to-one -one with me by going to bit.ly forward slash, that's a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash 
rich one-to-one, capital R-I-C-H one-to-one. And make sure you send a note there and say what you want to talk about. This is just an opportunity for us to chit chat. There's no money involved. I have no agenda. It's just, it's just us talking about how can we get there from here, right? Because we all need to uplift one another to do that. Thank you so much and have an awesome tomorrow.